this is Panama Today. This is your host, Pastor Bill Wilbur, here again. Boy, we have music and inspiration to help you live for Jesus. So glad you're with us. Well, little things mean a lot, like getting the roads fixed or something else that you use on a regular basis, and it goes on and on and on with the same problem. Maybe in your house, maybe something out on the road, something like where you work, but when it's fixed, well, when you come to Jesus, he's always fixing you if you just give your life to him, and he's working on that. Well, we're coming into a new life. Uh, every year that we come, we uh, see a new life, a new surrender to him, and we'll find that God does new things all the time. When we have birthdays and we have anniversaries of different kinds and of the years, it always causes us to stop and um, uh, stumble, yeah, but to stop and think of what really matters. So I would say, why do you do what you do? Why do you do what you do? Luke 6, 48 says, But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things that I say? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things that I say? That'd be a good verse to memorize. Know where it is? That's Luke 6, Verse 46, and you can read on up to 49. That passage, that's pretty good here. But you know, without me telling you, we are in a storm. We are in a battle. We're in a battle. You can sense it. Little things just seem to irritate you. Little things are going wrong. Uh, And big things are going wrong. Uh, Country against country and city against city, government against other governments. And so I'd say, in the midst of all this, when Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things that I say? What are we doing as we are in the midst of all this, in the midst of a storm, in the midst of a battle? Jesus said the storms, when they come, he doesn't say if they come, they will come. And when they do, how are you going to respond to it? Folks, there is a God, yes, and there is a devil. And there uh, is good, and there is evil, and demons. You don't have to read the news all around the world. You can see that's going on, the battle against you, the battle against the community, and things are being stolen and there's arguments and all this kind of stuff and uh, we realize there is an evil and there is demons and when people don't have the scripture to realize what I just said here they don't know how to respond to what's going on they don't have a way of of understanding or even saying well what is going on around here I'll tell you what's going on is a freedom for anarchy, the devil and the demons are moving. I want to tell you also that uh, there's two th- uh, thirds to every one third of the demons, that the angels are two thirds of them, and the angels are moving in such a powerful way. And as we would surrender and say, Lord, here, here's our church, here's our pastor, here's our community, 
Lord, send your angels. Move. We don't worship the angels. We don't tell the angels what to do. But we can ask Jesus to send through his angel powers, the host, the host. You must make good choices and decisions. There is an evil. There are demons. And you make, need to make good choices and decisions. Some of the people that are Christians that I know personally, and they have something that goes wrong with their spouse, and the next thing they do, they'll still call me pastor, but then they start making bad choices. The next thing, they're around with some other uh, woman or man. And you say, what is going on? Why do you call me pastor? If you don't do what I'm saying, this is the word of God to do. Do you have a foundation to make those choices? Sometimes new believers, they don't know that there's a way that they can make new choices. They don't know enough of the scripture that says, don't go and fool around with a woman or a man that's not your husband or your wife just because things aren't going just the way you want, just start running around with somebody else. That's a bad choice. That's a bad choice. Now, once again, that scripture right there, it doesn't say if there is a flood. He says when there is a flood. We're just going through it. So why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things I say? That's what Jesus said. There are five basic needs that all people have. Do you know what they are? Take some notes. Number one, who am I? Identity. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's 2 Corinthians 5.17. Who am I? That's my identity. I started to ask that question long before I became a Christian. I asked that. But then it would get out of the way. I'd get running around with a bunch of people or depend on what I was in the uh, school. And uh, then I went in the Navy and uh, I started to ask me, well, why am I doing so? Okay, I'll join the Navy. Maybe I'll find out. And you get so busy and so tired, you can't ask that question. You can't think about it unless, unless you get duty and it's on uh, late in the night and you're down uh, doing something outside the barracks, like taking care of the clothesline. Who cares? But we had to do it. And you're there. Might be the 10 o'clock uh, shift maybe 10, uh, maybe uh, 12 to 2 or something, but suddenly you have nothing to do. And um, so you begin to say, gee, Wes, I looked up on the skies at one time and I said, wow, and to think that God came from there to here? Well, I knew enough from going to Sunday school, even though I didn't know Jesus at that point in my life, I knew enough to say there, there's a God and that Jesus came to earth, and that's what Christmas was all about. I didn't finally get to understand why he really came, but I saw the baby in the manger. Uh, but who am I? 
Now I had to stop and listen. Stop and listen. So there are questions people are asking now because they don't have identity. They don't know whether they're a male or a female. And uh, they don't know who am I really. And so when there's somebody comes along and says, you know, uh, maybe you're not a male. Maybe uh, you'd be better off as a female. And you say, you know what? That seems to be like something's going on here these days and people are finding out who they are. Well, people are asking questions like that and should I abort my baby or not? These are not questions. These are facts that says you are a male or you're a female or you are bringing a baby into this world. It's a life. There's an identity here. And uh, so this is the word of God. This is truth. It's not your opinion. It's not what somebody else has come up with an idea. Okay, that's number one. Who am I? Number two, where did I really come from? Where did I really come from? I used to say uh, um, my parents, I'd think of them, wonderful family. And so where did I come from? Well, I came from my folks. Well, where did they come from? Why, why did we end up in upstate New York? And then you start asking, what is my origin anyway? And when you start talking about origin, you start talking about value. And when you begin to see that there's a value of your life, then there's a value for the decisions that you make. Okay, more we could say about this. Books have been written about this. Okay, number three. Number one was, who am I? Number two, where do I really come from? Number three, why am I here? I can say, uh, where, what is my origin? But then, why am I here, though? Number three, why am I here? My purpose. What, what is my future? What is my destiny? What, what is going on? I have a, a friend, a couple friends, really, uh, that have gotten to a point in their age at, where their health has really declined. And uh, suddenly, a husband, as he was watching his wife just decline, 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 he says, uh, is this it? Is this all of it? In other words, being my age, getting older, and watching my wife just falling apart and knowing she's going to die and I'm going to die too? What is my purpose? Uh, where do I go any future? I mean, uh, do you make any plans when, when you know your spouse is uh, just going downhill like this? It's amazing when we come to places like that. I know some of my listeners right now are listening because you've, on a regular basis, you've listened to Panama Today, Estereo uh, Vida, and you're hearing me say these very things. And as time has gone on, you remember when you worked for the canal, perhaps, you maybe you had some relatives that actually helped build the canal, and uh, you've seen people come, and then they go. And then now you find yourself as one that's getting older and older. But that is not where the end is. I mean, that, that's, that's the looking low. <laughs> Look up 
at the end. Look higher up there. We're talking about where is your eternal life? That's where you're headed. So, again, why do you do what you do? When you begin to know your purpose and your future and your destiny, why do you do what you do? You don't just waste all your time on the cell phone. <laughs> why do that? And you know, you're never going to get that time again. You have a limited amount of time. Uh, there's uh, on my cell phone, there's a thing that comes out once a week. And it'll tell me how many hours that I was using my cell phone. Uh, and a lot of it, I've made good choices, but a lot of it was a waste. When somebody sends something, you say, oh, I should check that. Well, then you check that, and it add, leads to somebody else. Then you listen to this two-minute thing. And when it's all over, you can't remember what it's about. It isn't going to matter anyways, and you just wasted two more minutes of your life. That you will never get it back again. Never get it back again. You can make use of your time, or you can waste it. But you'll never get it again. God has a call on your life. Doesn't matter how old you are. Maybe you've missed the call. And right now you begin to say, hey, life's shortening, getting shorter and shorter. I don't want to miss it. I don't, I, I don't know how much time I left. So there's a time we surrender here and say, God, I know, God, you have a call on my life. So I say to you, have you begun to know about it? You are not an accident. If you do not have a call on your life and do not know why you are here, what right now, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? What church could you go to? What pastor could you go to? What other Christian do you know? What other Bible study that goes on someplace? And you can go and say, hey, help me. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. If you want, come to Gamboa, 10 o'clock in the morning, Sunday mornings, bilingual. Say, hey, Pastor Bill, I don't know why no, I'm here. I've had people actually show up like that. <laughs> they didn't even know we had a radio program. Somebody called not too long ago, and they, uh, they showed up right after we were starting. We had a moment to talk, and we said, gee, how, where do you live? Oh, I live way out in so-and-so. Well, that's where I live. He said, well, I went all the way to El Dorado, called my wife, and I said, we're going. We're going to Gamboa. He said, what are you going to Gamboa for? He says, I just feel we're supposed to go this morning. He gets up and he goes, and uh, there's more to that story. But it was like, wow, that's why I was supposed to be here. You see, when we talk about the will of God, do you want the will of God? I mean, how badly do you want it? His plan is more than anything else in the world. Do you want his plan? more than anything else in the world. I chuckle a little bit when I have uh, uh, people that come and they want to be married. And uh, over the years, I've done about 75 weddings. And um, sometimes when I'm talking to them, I will say, now, when you're making a choice here, 
and I look at the girl and I said, why are you getting married? I mean, there's three things that people keep telling me about it which are bad choices. But these are mistakes. And they'll say, well, I just feel sorry for him. He needs me. I go, what? Yeah, I want to give my life to him because I feel sorry for him. He needs me. That's a bad choice. That's a mistake right there. Okay, another thing they say is, he will change after we get married. I what? I got, this guy's got these problems and whatever. He's still drinking, still smoking, still uh, interested in other girls and so on. Well, uh, he will change after we get married. And some of you are laughing right now. You say, yeah, I, I got around one of those losers. I know what that's all about. Uh, don't let your kids do that, folks. And the third thing that I get these answers is, I'm going to marry this guy. You ready? Don't marry someone that you don't really love him because you may never find someone else again. Oh, dear. I remember a few years ago talking to a, a youth meeting and they were all college age or a young adult. And I was sharing the importance of God's will for your life. And uh, this girl, uh, a, a very pleasant uh, looking lady, she said, can I talk to you a minute, Pastor? I said, yeah. She, and she starts to cry a little. And she said, uh, I, I'm having difficulty of really surrendering myself to the Lord because uh, I'm afraid he might give me to somebody else or that I might never have anybody. Now, that's the part she was in. I'll never find anybody else. This girl was lovely. And he said, I'll never find somebody. Uh, they won't find me. And so she's uh, dating a loser. And actually... Her parents were there at that meeting, and they came up later to kind of listen to what I was saying. And I said, you know, this is a lie of the devil. Don't marry someone that you don't really love him because you're afraid you'll never find someone else again. I'll tell you, it's better not to find anybody than to find the wrong one. Well, we should move on. That's our marriage counseling uh, session for today. Moving right along. Number four, what is the truth? What is the truth? These are the big needs that we have. Who am I? Number one. Number two, where did I really come from? Number three, why am I here? And number four is, what is the truth? What is the truth? There are absolutes that determine right and wrong. Not options. These are not your opinions of what is truth. There are no absolutes. And people say, I'm absolutely sure. <laughs> there are no absolutes, uh, and I'm absolutely sure. That is a crazy thing that people would say. But there is truth, and there are rights and wrongs. And making those choices, the only way is 
to find God's word? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things that I say? Number five, what happens when you die? We are all going to die. A lot of times I would keep so busy with the radio going or something else I'm doing so I wouldn't stop to think about that. That's one of the first things that my brother said to me when he came to know the Lord his first year at the university. And so he came back at Thanksgiving time and he's coming up to be 19 years old and I'm coming up to be 18. I was a senior in high school and man, I just was rocking and rolling as a senior. And here he comes. One night I'm trying to go to sleep. He says, hey, Bill, um, did you ever think about what's going to happen when you die? <laughs> I didn't have an answer, and I wasn't about to discuss it right now. And I said, I don't really care. And it rolled over my head and went back to tried to go to sleep. But I've thought about that. Here we are, folks, years later, and I can remember very much when he said that. And well, when you ask that question right now to listeners, what's going to happen when you die? We will all die. We just uh, There is a day of accountability. What have you done with what you have been given? Jesus had a couple of parables about this. What have you done? Your abilities, talents, possessions, and uh, opportunities. Why do you have the brain that you do? Why do you have the ability to do what you do? Where, where did you get that ability? Revelation 21, 7, um, I'm sorry, uh, Revelation 21, 7 and 8, he who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, I, I, a cowardly, What's the big deal here? But that's what it says. People say they want to live for Jesus and they don't do it. Cowardly, unbelieving, and murderers, sexual, immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone which is the second death. And it's not just for a bad weekend. This is for eternity. And that part which says, and all liars, when you begin to hear the politicians say what they're saying and the lies that are just totally, perfectly, uh, publicly seen and to realize how they're affecting so many people, these things with lawyers is very, very serious. You might say, well, that's not a big thing. It's just immoral stuff or killing somebody. Yeah, it's that, but there's a lot more. The most important decision you'll ever make is to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Well, what's the second one? The second one was submit yourself to Jesus as Lord. That's why he's called Jesus as Lord and Savior, Savior and Lord. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things that I say? As we bring this together, 
in these couple moments that we have, I just want to challenge you with these thoughts. God's primary call is to himself. Everything else is secondary. So let's pray right now. We're praying and we're asking, Lord, we're forgiving people right now. People in situations, let it go to Jesus. In Jesus' name, forgive these people right now. Father, in Jesus' name, I forgive situations, circumstances of bitterness against people, relatives, political people, governments. Lord Jesus, I confess my personal sins. I surrender to you right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. The blood of Jesus cleanses you from all your sins. Folks, you have been called for this hour, this time. There are bad times, but God uses them for his purposes. Romans 8, 28, God takes all things, all things, and can work them for the good and purposes of your life. There is a privilege for you to live for God in this age. Don't miss it. Live in victory, purity, one mightiness. Put away all doubts and fears and unbelief. Reject darkness. Reject the weakness, the wickedness, and be bold. Don't be timid. The world cannot stop you from shining the light of Jesus. The world cannot stop you from overcoming sin or that bad thought or from overcoming victory. The devil can't stop you because you are victory in Christ. Because keep on living for Jesus, folks. There is all that really matters. Thank you, Lord. I love you and I praise you.